DevCom Podcast presents the Fireside Cast with your host, Lars Janssen. Welcome to this episode of our DevCom Podcast series, bringing you the DevCom experience year-round. Today, I would like to welcome Mika Lotio, Country Manager for Exala in Germany. Is that correct, as your, as your title? Uh, actually, it's a senior uh, business business manager, but uh, senior business close. manager. But it's it's like you're responsible <laughs> for this country and many other countries. I'm definitely yeah. <laughs> very happy to have you here. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It's great to be here, and uh, thanks for the invite. And you know, I've been listening to DevCom podcast in the past, so very happy to join. Actually, no, it's it's really cool. And uh, I mean, you, you're in this new role for a while now, but uh, but not not so long. Actually, I guess a few weeks. Um, but we've met before, and uh, you have a very you know long history in the uh, in the games industry. Uh, we worked together in the past. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself. You know, tell us about your your path so far that uh, ultimately led to you you know working for Excel right now. All right. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually a Finnish guy. So even though these days I you can find me in Berlin, uh, Germany. Uh, but I'm originally from Finland, so I started my game industry career there. I, I, I studied game development in, um, uh, you know, it was like 17, 18 years ago. Uh, one of the first college degrees where you could actually study game development and, and production. And, you know, there I, I studied about three years and, and, and landed a uh, internship at um, a Finnish game developer called Frozenbyte. Um, and there, quickly from there... Um, uh, got a job offer uh, at a company called Aerostar Helsinki that ultimately led me to mobile games uh, mm-hmm. and the field of mobile games. So I worked there at a company called Digital Chocolate, which was, uh, you know, 15 years ago or so, uh, was um, uh, a pretty big player in the in the field of uh, mobile games, uh, which is a very different world than it was back then. You know, back then it was all about, you know, Creating like uh, creating a, a game within like four months and, and shipping it to various uh, mobile phone operators across the world. Yeah. I just were, want to say, fifteen years ago, that yeah. was that was before the iPhone. I mean, iPhone was launched in yeah. two thousand seven, and even though there were other smartphones before, that seemed to yeah. be like unlocking the market a little bit. So before that, it was like obviously you know working with uh, operators and putting games on, on their phones individually. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was in in a way it was quite fun because you know the production. Um, you know, they were very small games, so the production production values were not um, not super high. So they were quite small, compact games. Um, you know, but it was they were still meticulously crafted, which was like one of the prides of of the studio at Digital Chocolate on building games. And you know, I I, I made a I built about uh, eight games or so there uh, during my four year career, and then um, from there, and uh, the last fifteen years, basically been working on mobile and. Um, to various various mobile game publishers, um, you know, such as there's been Wooga, um, Flare Games, uh, Popcap, um, Rovio as well, um, and um, uh, yeah, like this is the first first uh, first time in my my career where I'm kind of shifting my focus from not just focusing on mobile, but looking at looking at the industry from a cross platform kind of uh, yeah. vantage point. And this was something that I wanted to do for a long time because it's, uh, you know, uh, there's been projects that I've been involved in in games where they've had multiple different versions out there. And, you know, as a gamer, I, I, I tend to play on big screens. Um, and even back in the day when I was focusing on mobile games, I, in terms of hours, I just spent way more time on big screens. And I feel that, you know, especially during these difficult times, strange and difficult times, um, you know, my interest definitely has steered towards cross-platform and, and some of the industry successes that are out there. Like you can look at some some big games, like you know, obviously Fortnite and and many others that are you know you know have done really great job at bringing a lot of entertainment value for for people across the world on, on various platforms. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, that's that's my background. It's it's mainly the first ten years really game production, so working hands-on with teams. Uh, building games, and then the last five years, I would say, have been focused more on business development side, so growing business uh, and, and uh, doing deals, publishing deals, and um, all kinds of other kinds of deals for mobile games. And uh, yeah, 
Well, that's why I like ha having this conversation with you, because I think you represent uh, a lot of different uh, areas in uh, this industry, and uh, it's it's very interesting. I think also for our audience to uh, get a feel for you know the path that you've made and and what you've seen throughout uh, your journey so far. So before we go into your uh, current role and, and what you, what exactly you do there and and what Excella does a little bit, um, let's talk a bit about your observations uh, throughout those those 15 years in terms of mobile. Uh, we already talked a bit about like in the beginning it was game for operators and and then of course at some point you know the big platforms uh, came in mm -hmm. so how do you see this this market evolving right now um another yeah. key, another keyword there's uh, is obviously the uh the big uh, struggle going on right now between epic and uh, and apple and google for mm -hmm. you know the integration of outside payment methods into into those stores and you know the industry is being uh mm -hmm. um being you know, shaken up a little bit right now in that regard so what do you what have you seen over the past years um and and do you see a revolution coming there or, do, or what's your take on this right now yeah i think it's a it's a very interesting topic uh, you choose and i'm very happy to comment about it i think from my perspective you know one of the reasons why i also um you know wanted to shift my career from from just focusing on mobile looking at other platforms as well um you know it was pretty simple because you know the the you know, situation on a mobile market is that there's a lot of money moving there. So, so there's a lot of money to be made, and um, you know, much more in, in comparison to other digital distribution platforms out there for video games. So, mobile is by far the most lucrative one. And um, I think the fact that you know there's so much money moving on the mobile game industry business has has kind of affected uh, the saturation as as well. Um, you know, if you if you go to App Store, you know every day there's there's uh, you know thousands of new games being published, and it's it's hard to keep up with that. You know, and and many of the games that are being published on mobile increasingly are are definitely like small companies that are you know looking to make a looking to make a big break. And then there's the second trend that I've noticed is this market consolidation on mobile, which is more aggressive than on other platforms. So uh, bigger players, you know, buying uh, smaller developers or mid-sized companies and consolidating basically. So a lot of M&A deals happening, like almost every week, somebody's buying somebody mm. on the mobile game industry. And I think, I think that is one of the predominant things. There's like a, there's a lucrative, you know, a lot of people look at it as lucrative business to enter because you have like clear examples on, on making a exit with your company, um, that, can happen very rapidly compared to, uh, for example, PC and console side of things. You know? But is it still um, a lucrative business? I mean, I, I'm wondering, of course, you see all those cases where um, people are you know, getting acquired and they have like a tremendous success with their games. Um, but obviously there's also, like like you said, there's thousands of games being released that, that never you know, uh, see light at the end of the tunnel that might not be that commercially successful. So uh, how do you feel about this? Is, is it really possible mm -hmm. um, that developers are still kind of independent and become successful pretty much overnight and then you know they get acquired uh, or has that changed a little bit yeah i think like actually the the challenges of uh, we, we were just discussing about this um you know with some of some of my industry friends and you know colleagues as well um you know what are the kind of predominant issues um, on on uh, you know mobile gaming market right now i think it's three things really that i, I would name i would number one Number one biggest issue, in my opinion, is uh, the issues of discoverability, mm. uh, which include market saturation within the app stores, uh, you know, dependency to platform featuring, um, the cost of user acquisition, which is very competitive on some of the platforms. So, you know, usually the one who's spending the most kind of percolates on top from all the other games. Um, and uh, you know it's 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 focused heavily on Facebook and Google UAC uh, right now. And then the second issue um, would be issues with player data. So some of the issues with player data I see there is again the dependency on the app stores changing their policies, uh, you know, uh, very quickly. And then, for example, what is happening with Apple IDFA changes? You know, a lot of lot of developers and publishers were kind of you know, scrambling to figure out how to get around that, um, and and the the changes that that will impact on on some of the accuracy of of how do you gather and handle player data, such as like, you know, can you still run um, 
uh, user acquisition campaigns that are you know targeted enough that you can actually measure the return of investment of those campaigns accurately enough um, to be able to you know uh, strategize your spend and your campaigns uh, your impact to cross promotion can you target specific player groups as well as you could after this some of these Apple IDFA changes for example and then the similar impact to retargeting and player segmentation as well and then the ultimate question is you know these changes coming to you know apple is doing on the idfa side um which will essentially make it you know uh, arguably more more uh, it's not not any more trivial to track and attribute your your players and target them so is google gonna follow that lead you know that's that's an interesting question there and these are previously changes so i you know of course um, everybody, actually, I'm an iOS user, so I'm I'm very happy that I'm not being tracked there. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's there's two sides of the coin. So I understand platforms focusing on the privacy, but you know that will create challenges. So the issues with player data is definitely something that will be um, uh, a big challenge for many many players in the industry. Uh, the last third issue I would say is you know this kind of links to the. <laughs> Epic um, an Apple a conversation happening um, is the issues with the platform tax. Now, I, I, I think the the fact that the platform tax does impact the uh, financial uh, financial impact on profitability, of course, because it's harder as a company, especially for small companies, it, it is harder. While while the potential is great for mobile games, it is harder to be profitable, right? Like because you're you're paying thirty percent cut that prevents you know, many mobile games from being profitable, especially in, in user acquisition and marketing from the get-go, right? So, uh, and I know many cases where the, you know, the margin of if, is my game profitable in marketing versus it's not profitable, um, that 30% can mean the death or continuation of a game, you know? Um, and and uh, if you wouldn't have that 30%, tax you know that would not just help big companies like epic but if you're able to be you know scale your game uh without having to worry too much about the platform tax and and that it would be more flexible of course it would also help the you know indies and, and mid-tier companies as well so it's um uh, and, and I, I do understand like the, the service that for example the platforms are guaranteeing and they give uh, as part of the part of the so-called platform tax that uh, you have to pay them. Um, but at the same time, I, I think this wind of change that are, you can you can just feel in the air where especially like, you know, this has been an established rule for, for so many years. And, and both Apple and Google are, you know, growing uh, beyond what they, you know, multiple times, hundreds of times what they were, you know, five, six years ago. And you know, that just makes people think a little bit like, wait a minute, like it, this market is being dominated by two players. Um, whereas if you look at, for example, PC and web gaming, um, you have much more choice, right? You have much more choice. You have more choice in choosing how you want to have your players purchase your game and how much are you paying for and, you know, payment processes or platform so you have much more options and choice for pc and web so the question question comes like where you know you can create your own brand your own let's say cross-platform game and you know on pc and web it is much more easier to choose exactly the the, the right fit for how to distribute your game um, that kind of fits with your business uh, business model so that you can become profitable as a company right yeah and then that you can scale your product and, and create the product that you really want to do, which is like something in a free market that people, ideally in a free market, people would be able to do that. And, and right now on mobile, it is more restricted. So many people are asking the question, is this still a free market? You know, and, and or do, does, for example, a mobile game industry need, need more options uh, for for developers and publishers to be able to choose more their own destiny and and and, and that means like how to distribute their games and and how to market them and where to market them and where to distribute them. So I think 
these are all really healthy questions to ask. And I, I think it's a healthy conversation. So asking you to take out your personal crystal ball a little bit, what do you personally believe is going to happen? I'm not going to ask you, by the way, about the about Epic's approach to this. I mean, that's definitely something that uh, could fill an entire episode, like uh, whether hmm. this was uh, this is the way to go about it. But uh, it certainly you know triggered a lot of those conversations. Um, so do you think it's uh, that platforms, um, especially Apple and Google, are going to open up more going forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it, you have to look at it from a from a point of view that. Um, um, you know, if you look at there's two dominant players, especially in the West, you know, yeah. that's Apple and Google on, on mobile game distribution. And, and you have to ask yourself, like, um, is, the, is the free market going to benefit or going to benefit if there would be more players such as uh, Apple, or, Apple or Google for distributing your, your uh, games online, right? Which is ultimately what they're doing. And, and that that question i think for me is 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 really hard to answer because you know like being able to imagine a world without <laughs> uh, that would be different like imagine a, a world without uh, apple and google uh the first thing that comes to my mind is the days at uh, digital chocolate where we had to go through a list of 80 or so different mobile game operators mm. to distribute a single game that wasn't fun either so that, so I'm thinking that maybe there's a sweet spot where you know uh, maybe there's a sweet spot where you know there's more choice for companies to enact their vision of what they want to build, and at the same time there you know there are uh, you know key players that you know you can you can choose to work with um, that are established key players and you don't have to go to eighty companies to but. I think the fact that there's just two that are dominating it, I think, um, you know, I have to ask the question, is this healthy long term for, for the industry or would it be healthier if, it, if there would be more players to help distribute mobile games online? Um, and then the other question is, you know, if you look at the platforms themselves, can they evolve and, and should they evolve? And, and the answer to that is absolutely yes. And I think if you look at the platforms, they are evolving. You know, there's there are a lot of things that are they're implementing there. You know, Apple has their Apple Arcade, and um, there's right. a bunch of initiatives like that, which which are you know good and and, and interesting in, in initiatives. Um, but also looking at the kind of initiatives for um, that affect like business decisions, like where do I take my game? What sort of a percentage? It's a revenue I have to pay to who and, and what kind of distribution. And I think if I look at, um, you know, if, if you look at like video, you know, video service, streaming subscription services, for example, and, and, and the way that they are dominating. But at the same time, there's way more players in people offering video entertainment subscription than there is mobile games. So it does, you know, ask the question that is the other platforms evolving um, uh, enough and and what are the ways that they could evolve more to support um different scenarios for for independent publishers and developers yeah i on, think they, they, achieving the question, what they want to do the question is going to be then um you know how does it how's their philosophy regarding their own hardware especially if we talk about apple you know of course the their argument uh, is that uh, you know they want to create the overall experience for for the customer so uh i i think that there's those two angles that you were talking about one is from the mm -hmm. industry point of view and from from a player point of view customer point of view and then the other one is like what's the interest of a platform owner to open up um, that uh, that model? And uh, I guess the, the difference to the streaming platforms you were talking about um, is that uh, in the case of Google and Apple, they also own the operating system. They, they mm -hmm. own pretty much what's what's underlying. And I think uh, yeah. I'm super curious what's going to happen there. I'm, uh, you know, I want to see what the outcome of that, uh, of, of Epic trying to, um, you know, argue with that is going to be um, because mm -hmm. uh, they are a big player. So if, if anyone can make a difference, then it's going to be these guys, uh, I think. And so uh, this might trigger this discussion going forward more and more in the industry. So it's definitely a very interesting development. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the years. To yeah. Come. Yeah. And, and like, like some, some of the things where, you know, I think there's room to room for evolution when it comes to Apple and Google. Uh, and looking at app developers and game developers, you know, there's 
you know, not right now, it's very strict that if you're selling uh, items in your game, you're selling them outside of the mobile okay. stores. If you do not have a cross-platform version, you know, you, your, your game might get rejected. Yeah. Uh, most likely will. Um, so, and that is the rule, that there's no buts and ifs. So, but, you know, I think where you look at something like that, I think there's always room for compromise and always room for deeper and more flexible um, you know, plans as well. And I, I, I have a hard, uh, hard time imagining that there wouldn't be any room to evolve. I think there always no, is. There, there always is. There needs to be someone disrupting this and then there, there, and then usually evolution or sometimes even, even revolution happens. So let's, yeah. uh, let's talk a bit more about, uh, you know, your new role and uh, moving away from, from, uh, from the mobile mm -hmm. for a moment, at least we're going to get to cross platform anyway. So, um, yeah. can you talk a bit about the, the, you know, the challenge of, uh, of, you know, going from this ecosystem that we're used to yeah. all the way into, you know, building yeah. something in the field of cross-platform, what yeah. has been surprising to you and, and, and what's pretty much yeah. as usual. So I'm just curious how it yeah. feels for you after so many years in mobile. Yeah. You know, um, like, as I said, like I, I'm always been a big screen gamer and, um, you know, seeing the trend on, on the mobile space, um, shift more and more into chasing profits as well. I mean, there's good ex exceptions out there of, of great quality games that are not just trying to trying to capitalize on each and every single player as, as much as they can. Um, but also that, I think, drove me more like into the level of like, how can I get close to my original passion why I started working in the industry? And, you know, that that was definitely games that I loved playing myself. And I, I, I you know, was very excited in, uh, you know, kind of working with developers and publishers who, who look beyond platforms and, and kind of work and create products that, you know, can succeed on PC, web and mobile and, you know, uh, consoles as well. So for me, the, the role that uh, started at uh, Exola, uh, just one month, I'll be working there. Great, great team. I'm uh, super stoked, still learning a lot because, you know, that uh, PC market and certain uh, angles on, you know, Steam and, and, and the web market is completely different, but, you know, that's... Uh, right really motivating to learn something new. And, and I think uh, for me that that is kind of the big motivator because I personally, <laughs> uh, after 15 years on one particular segment of the industry, you start feeling like uh, a little bit like gathering dust. So you need to <laughs> get out of your comfort zone and learn something new. And this is definitely what I've, what I've seen already. And, you know, Exola, I think uh, is a very, very interesting company because um, the way I looked at it, that they have a great vantage point where, where they're operating um, operating with uh, game industry partners on a global scale. They're, you know, serving the game industry, you know, with their products um, uh, from anywhere from indie to enterprise companies. Um, uh, so they have like solutions for, essentially they're like a video game business engine, which, which uh, has everything you would need uh, in terms of... Um, you know, publishing suite of things that you need to successfully publish and scale your scale your game on, on PC, web, and, and cross-platform as well. And uh, one of the interesting things was that, you know, Xola is a 15-years-old company, and they they've, their bread and butter has been the payments. So they've, they've essentially operated uh, on, on providing payment solution for, for games, uh, you know, outside the platforms and, and working together with the platforms as well. So, you know, I felt that with the kind of kind of partners that they have already, they're they're kind of the seller of record for major gaming entities like Valve, Twitch, Ubisoft, Epic Games, PUBG, and and more. So, I felt like, wow, this is uh, I'm going to learn a lot from these guys. They've worked on uh, you know different different angles to help these guys grow their revenue and grow their business. Um, with their, you know, payment system called PayStation, uh, the partner network they have for influencers, the site builder, their ability to provide like a in-game store, a login system, and and uh, even a game launcher, um, and all of all of that really like serving developers in a, in a way that they have more freedom, which is important for me. So this is something that. Like I, I actually have very a lot of passion to because I, the first ten years I was a developer myself. I made games and I feel 
you know, great being on that side that we enable people to create their own destiny uh, on, on different platforms with video games. And, you know, this is a mission that I can kind of like, uh, I'm very, I can sleep really well when <laughs> I'm representing that. And also the fact that, um, you know, Exola is looking at platforms in a way that like, these are just channels where you can provide your game. And, and, but you should be the master of your, you know, you should, you should be the, the, the owner of your relationship with your own players and you should own your, um, you know, bottom line and, and the margin. You should have all the control, you know, as, as, as uh, you know, we live in a free market world and that should be possible, right? So, so everything we have is to enable developers and publishers to do that. So that's something that's been extremely exciting for me and, and I'm stoked. Yeah, you kind of already asked, uh, answered my question that I would have asked about uh, your personal mission. So I can I can already tell that you want to give back to the developers, something that you were probably looking for when you yeah. were on the development side of things. So, so do, would you say that um, uh, you know you're helping developers to be more independent from publishers? Is that something that that you you would say is is it is it a part of the mission of Exola to empower developers to do a lot of things on their own through your games business platform? I think there's two two things. There's we work with publishers. We you know the companies that I yeah I just mentioned you know there's well Twitch, Ubisoft, Epic Games, but there's also companies we work with like Take Two, Paradox, and you know many many video game publishers. We work with them, so we help them. Um, you know uh, our solutions help them do publishing functions better, like be able to sell their games directly on their website building a launcher that can unify all of their games that they're publishing. Um, but at the same time, you know, all these solutions are relevant and, and really good for independent developers who look to self-publish. So I would say that's like a twofold area that we can address. And I, I right. think this is what I was meaning earlier about the great vantage point on the industry. So the fact that we can work with large video game publishers and we can work with indies and uh, mid-tier companies as well, um, helping their self-publishing uh, solutions. And I think uh, that that is the great vantage point I meant. And I, I, I think that's what gets me really excited because I get to, you know, work with a lot of uh, different companies. Like there is no company that we couldn't work with. So this is like the, <laughs> I think a great learning position. So I, I look to learn from a lot of our partners that we work with and uh, colleagues, of course. But, you know, the more different kinds of partners you can work with, the better your vantage point is and you learn more as a company yeah. and then as an individual. So this is something that um, really gets me up in the bed in the morning, like uh, really excited every day. <laughs> so far, it's been great. Well, I guess Excel made the right choice bringing you on board. You know, they'd be happy to to hear this, obviously. <laughs> so, um, you know, let's talk a bit about the cross-platform aspect of the platform. I mean, in a way, you are a cross-platform enabling platform, um, which is a complicated mm -hmm. word to say, but um, how do you see the challenge of bringing games to multiple platforms at the same time. I mean, obviously we have mobile and you have a lot of experience there. We have PC. Uh, we, you know, have a slight small gaming community on the Mac maybe um, that doesn't really mm -hmm. play too much into that. But then we have the, the consoles and now with the next gen consoles, you know, yeah. they, they, there's an increasingly higher, getting a higher level of complexity um, in, in mm -hmm. that sense. So what do you see uh, as the main challenges in that regard? Um, not only mm -hmm. with regard to your own platform, but but in general, is it? I mean, it's obvious that, that things are getting more difficult <laughs> to manage uh, these days. Mm -hmm. uh, would you agree? Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. I think the um, the more platforms are you know ready and available for you to play with. You know, right now today we have so many different console SKUs. We have so many different. Um, mobile SKUs, we have iPad, iPhone, Apple Watch, and smart watches, and don't even get me started with different Android phones out there. And <laughs> yeah, there's you know, a lot this, of them, yeah. Yeah, the, the frag, like in the old days, we used to call that fragmentation, and I guess yeah. still a lot of people on mobile do. Um, but in general, if you look at you know PC and web, it's, it's also very, very fragmented. And I think that fragmentation of platforms and the fact that there's you know more and more consoles coming in mainly because people play more and more video games as the time goes by and especially during 
COVID days now, uh, we can see that there's, you know, every day on Steam, I, I was reading somewhere that every day on Steam is like a weekend now um, on sales. And, and that's, a, you know, that's a exciting prospect. Um, and, and yeah, I think the complexities of, of how do you tie all of those platforms together? If you have, you know, a true cross-play, if you want to serve a cross-play experience, this is the biggest, usually the biggest challenge is like technological challenge of like for publishers and independent developers who are looking to self-publish, like how do they, they have to build this solution on their own or they have to find a solution somewhere. And this is where really like what we're trying to do at Exolize is trying to offer those solutions for you that you can implement that are ready-made and they're there for you to integrate and there for you to use to kind of simplify simplify that challenge. And this is exactly the, the way we are addressing the challenge in the market. You know, how do you t make sure your account system uh, works across platforms? Uh, do you have a player inventory set up that, you know, if I buy something on the PC, is it going to, uh, you know, show up on my mobile version. These these kind of very detailed questions are important, and and we you know at uh, Exola are like more than happy to do the heavy lifting on on the detail level to come up with solutions for these kind of problems. And um, today we we have a pretty good suite on on being able to support you know cross play through through. Um, multiple different platforms and ability to you buy in one place you'll you'll get your item everywhere and that's something that um, um, also I think because of the days we are living in you know with COVID and everything desktop gaming um, there's definitely more people playing on desktop than there was before all of this and and I think um, uh, and we don't really know how long this is going to take but I think there is going to be a change. Uh, a permanent change to the world, and I think the fact that there's a like increasing demand to serve your players in different ways, and I think that's that is a technical problem. Also, the from a point of view of developer, like porting a game uh, to multiple platforms, like making a WebGL version of your mobile game, or um, you know uh, a PC version, uh, is easier than it has ever been because of these great engines like, you know, Unreal and, and Unity as well that, you know, you, with button press, you can, you can get, get the game running on different platforms. And of course, it's not that easy, but it's easier than five years ago, easier than 10 years ago. So today it's easier than ever, even though there are more complex problems that came with that and those additional platforms and consoles that are popping up, <laughs> you know, every, every two months. Um, that's, uh, I think those are, those are problems that, um, you know, there's, there's solutions for that. Um, and, you know, we, we happen to be in a good position there because we, we've been at it for 15 years and, and like everything we've been building is kind of believing that the market is going this way. And yeah. I think, uh, it's great to be in a company that, uh, has seen the curve ahead of the curve <laughs> so speaking of the curve a little bit do you do you see that development already happening do you see more developers thinking about bringing mobile games to other platforms or making more cross-platform games in general creating that, that that experience for players or is it more something you believe is going to happen um i'm already seeing that like we you know we're working with many Many mobile publishers who definitely have aspirations to do that and, and are interested in, in, in that. And I think the interest in that has been greater now than ever and partly due to COVID. But I think it's a trigger uh, for people to ask the question, like, if I have a top-crossing mobile game and, and I know there's an audience uh, on Steam or on the web that would like to play and uh, pay through you know, PC or web, uh, if you are able to enable that, you, you are only going to, you know, increase your profits and be able to serve a larger player base and, and grow your community, which is ultimately everybody's goal, right? So um, I think that um, the, the cross-play, there's going to be much more cross-platform titles that we're going to be seeing. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's a trend that will, will definitely increase, and I, I foresee that accelerating in the future yeah 
I mean, I, w I would say, you know, the same thing. I, I can see already in the market that there's a lot of development in that space. The one thing I personally am a little concerned about is the ability of smaller teams to actually keep up with that, with that development, because mm. you know, of the complexity we talked about before, um, it is sometimes hard if you talk to mm -hmm. indie development teams, you know, small teams of maybe less than five people or, or even up to 10, uh, you know, to keep track of everything mm -hmm. that's going on. So uh, I guess in, in the beginning, at least, they have to make a decision what they develop the game for and the business platform that, that you're operating is, is mm -hmm. one of the possibilities to actually bring it to other platforms but then mm -hmm. also the game itself obviously needs to be brought to more devices and, and so mm -hmm. on and that that you know triggers uh, some, yeah. some other uh, development efforts as well yeah 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 totally i i think the the if i would be an indie today you know i wouldn't make a plan to like make the greatest cross-platform game ever right right you know from the get-go just you know focus on one platform prove that the game has enough interest and, and prove to yourself that you're able to build a community even on a single platform. Um, if you are planning, like, what if my game becomes a huge hit? Like, you know, you look at some new ones like Among Us, Fall Guys. Yeah. Uh, Fall Guys, uh, I, I, I believe I read somewhere in the news they're making a mobile version as well because of the demand, right? Yeah. So I think it's a question of if your community grows beyond a single platform you need to be ready to serve um your community with other platforms that they can play your game on uh, and so so it's more of a question of you don't need to build that from the get-go but you need to be ready for it from the get-go yeah. and I, I think planning for it is halfway there um if your product is truly successful and it resonates and it, you're able to build a community around your game and uh, that will, will result in, you know, a good amount of hype and uh, your game will be trending and all the influencers and, and uh, gamers are flocking to your game. You know, you just need to, need to be ready for that and uh, ready, be, be ready for success, you know, like plan for it and have some ideas on what do you need to do, where, what is your next platform if the first platform you release on will be successful, where do you want to take your game from then? So I want to pick your brain a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, questions that developers and publishers should ask themselves. And we already touched a little bit on one of the um, topics, which is uh, how do I mm -hmm. create visibility? I mean, you talked about it uh, a little earlier, like uh, how do you make something stand out? And obviously there's the mobile aspect to it. But in general, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the, the, the most discussed topics these days are like, how do I work with influencers? How do I create that initial mm -hmm. buzz? How do I, you know, set up the the foundation for a successful community building going forward? And for example, the uh, the the guy I think his name is Oliver, who's, who's been doing it for Fallout. You know, he posted on uh, on Twitter exactly how he he started the community building process. So, for, from your point of view, what would you need to do in order to be um, be able to be competitive with your new game? Is there any any insights you can share from your you know fifteen years in mobile and and, and now yeah. seeing a lot of other developers? Um, so I'm I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. I think um, on it depends on the platform, right? So on 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 web uh, browser games and then mobile games, you can drive. Um, you know, you can you can get your game visible and, 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 and drive marketing through, you know, direct performance marketing, user acquisition. Uh, you can get more people in there, you know, and, and, and play the game, but that doesn't guarantee that you will have a community around it. I think the, the hallmark of uh, every good game that, you know, has a, has a huge community potential, you know, uh, will percolate organically and and this is something that you can't force you will see it but you have to give uh, your game all the chances that it needs um to to give it a fair chance to see and be able to evaluate whether your game has like virality and, and organic success and and the way to do that is is usually doing a limited launch you know um on, on steam doing an early access um uh, on, on mobile, doing a soft launch, and, and um, if you're smart enough and you have an ex experienced enough team, um, you should be able to see the kind of hallmarks of potential, um, you know, virality and, and excitement around your title. And um, you know, I think uh, that that's more about the product, and you know, it's a hit and miss um, industry, uh, nevertheless. So if you manage to stumble on a hit. You know the the good problem you will have is how do you scale, um, you know how do you scale 
organic traffic? How do you scale paid traffic? And how do you scale your influencer um, traffic? Like we actually, like I've been learning a lot uh, on one of our solutions, which is the Excella Partner Network, um, which is essentially a affiliate marketing engine that lets you know all the game developers create and and, and scale like performance-based influencer and affiliate programs, so they can kind of you know book influencers' time and then pay them like revenue share uh, through our platform. Um, uh, where in this platform, like any influencer can also register themselves. And, you know, they, uh, you can basically eat more easily incentivize and support the communities while, while basically gaining a better access to, to the ecosystem of, of the affiliates and influencers. So, so that's something that, you know, you, you, you need to be aware of these solutions when you're launching your game, like what are the kind of solutions that you, you want to have and, um, the interesting part that I've seen a lot of interest from developers in the last month that I've been working at Exola, um, a lot of interest in our partner network because there really isn't a, a tool out there just like what we have. So it, it seems to be serving a, a, a gap in the demand for being able to do performance-based influencer campaigns because tracking, um, for example, tracking that uh, what is the exact performance if, you, if one influencer is driving your game? And our solution for that uh, does, does help because you're able to do that through, you know, creator tags. And through that, you're able to kind of track uh, things a little bit better. And I think we've kind of built that solution precisely for that need because there was, we could see that this was a problem and it was difficult and it wasn't trivial um, for many publishers and developers out there. So. We've had some good success with the partner network, um, uh, which has been really great. So, so there's been a lot of interest and the demand on it. So it's it's becoming quickly one of the most, uh, you know, asked about solutions that we have. If we talk about influencers in general, do you see differences between the type of influencers or the importance of influencers between the different platforms? Are there differences between mobile and console and PC? Uh, do you need to mm -hmm. focus more on influencers for one of the platforms compared to the others? I think um, uh, on mobile, it's, it's um, I would say being on mobile and seeing so many influencer campaigns, not pulling the, pulling the bread in the end of the day. Um, uh, on mobile, it is difficult. You need to have a really compelling, immersive multiplayer experience, or uh, that that you know it, it will be very uh, easy for influencers to get excited in, and 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 you know that game will become part of their routine. And then there is the question of popularity. You know, like you look at influencers, um, there there are some influencers that you know particularly like more. Uh, you know, less played games, and, and but most of them, let's face it, are playing the games that are the most popular, right? Mm. So on mobile, I think the barrier entry is, is a bit a bit more higher on, on being able to have a game that is compelling enough for influencers to, to play. Um, and I think it's the form factor also. Like, you know, it's, it's just simply easier to stream if you play a PC or a console game than you're playing a mobile game, right? Yeah. It's just easier. And... Again, uh, I think that the strength of if you really have a strategy for going cross-platform, that also will enable more influencers to get excited uh, about your product uh, than if you would just go mobile only. Uh, however, the, the flip side of the coin is for PC games, it is, you know, if not, if not impossible, very, very hard to do proper performance marketing. So the only thing you have on on PC and consoles is, um, you know, traditional marketing, um, you know, PR and influencers. And you cannot really do, um, you know, performance-based campaigns on, on many of those consoles simply because the platforms do not, you know, support the ability to track uh, player data <laughs> with the accuracy that it's needed to, to be able to predict the return of investment on some of the marketing campaigns that you can do on mobile. And this is goes back to the second issue of, of facing the mobile, mobile gaming industry right now, which is the issue of player data, where you know this changes with Apple IDFA and those will make it harder. So that, that is an interesting thing because in a way it will it will make things harder um, on, on, on mobile too for to, to run more performance-driven campaigns effectively. 
So the question will be then like, are, is, is that going to then mean that you need to lean more on organic success? Do you need to lean more on um, platform featuring? Do you need to lean more on uh, influencers and, and uh, other ways of marketing your game um, than uh, direct preference marketing? Well, it also plays into the business model question then obviously that, uh, you know, it's much harder to run performance-based campaigns if you're not on a free-to-play mm -hmm. business model, whereas on mobile, uh, I don't have exact numbers, but I would say the majority in, of mobile games uh, that are, you know, creating a lot of revenue yeah. are free-to-play mobile games. And yes. uh, yeah. uh, and then obviously, if, you, if you're not free-to-play, uh, it's harder to do the traditional performance-based campaigns because it's yeah. not as easy to, you know, pay for users uh, to come in because yeah. they have this initial obstacle of buying a game, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. That that is that is completely true. Yeah. So I would, I'm curious, like to to, to uh, you know wrap up the um, our discussion a little bit. I would want to ask you one more question that's more in the direction of what do you think is the the biggest challenge for publishers in that uh, environment mm -hmm. going forward? I mean, obviously you work with developers, you work with publishers, um, you, you've seen you know both sides of that. Uh, what do you think is you know, the key thing that publishers need to look at going forward uh, in order to be ready for the mm -hmm. part of the evolutions that we talked about in the industry? Yeah, uh, I think as a publisher, you need to find um, find your spot in the industry. Like uh, it's um, on mobile um, because of the market consolidation, the big publishers are getting bigger. Uh, they're buying out smaller ones and uh, they're just uh, amassing size. So the question is like, what part of, what are you focusing on? Like, and, and that is precisely like what kind of games are you focusing on? So you need to, you need to really um, find a competitive edge also on, on PC and web publishing because um, there's more and more publishers coming into the business because video, the business of video games is growing. The consumption of video games is growing and, and, and will continue to do so. So there will be an increase of uh, options for developers to take their games into. And this is also giving the developers more choice who to sign a publishing deal or do they want to self-publish. Um, what I would think, uh, I think a good approach there would be to really like ask yourself as a publisher, like what kind of games do you want to focus on? Um, it's impossible to, you know, be effective on publishing every kind of type of genre out there and, and every type of business model out there. Um, and actually on PC, I, I see that there's more focused publishers. On mobile, we see publishers that have appetite for all kinds of games. Um, and I think, um, uh, I think because of the consolidation happening on mobile, um, you know, that will just increase. The, the, the bigger publishers will have different uh, units that are focusing on different types of games. And then interestingly enough, on, on PC, you can see very specialized publishers specializing only on strategy games, publishers specializing in very like art-focused indie games. Right. Um, and I, I find that interesting now that I'm kind of entering the, the and learning more about the PC and, and, and console market. Um, that, that is the big difference. So on mobile, they're just consolidating and amassing size and have an appetite for all kinds of games. But on, on PC, it seems to be more that they're, they're, they kind of know where to focus. So it depends on, depends on that. So, so uh, and, and for me, it's, I think the, the main, main question to ask also from yourself as a publisher is that, you know, you need to know as a publisher where you are really good at. Um, not trying to be amazing at every single aspect, focusing on, and knowing that you are able to serve certain types of games extremely well will prove good in the long run um, because then people in their head they're looking at oh well, we have a strategy game who do we go to um, then you know if if they know that by reputation you are a publisher that is extremely good at uh, publishing publishing strategy games like paradox for example you know that that will actually you know already do your job uh, for you essentially because your reputation precedes you and, and and if you are focused on one particular segment of games then that's also a strategy for you uh, because then people will come to you and you don't have to go to them uh, especially if you do it successfully and uh, I think it's always a, about a question of focus for publishers they need to focus and, and uh, the, the paradox is um, no pun intended uh, is that uh, 
you know, while while it is difficult to, while you grow bigger as a company and you grow more successful, you you grow more appetite for different kinds of games, and this is the temptation that can lead to, <laughs> you know, difficult difficult um, business plans to execute, and and then. Uh, I think focusing in, in when it comes to games as a, because it's an art form, like where do you focus is really the key question, even for developers. Mika, thank you so much for your insights uh, into you know the the world of mobile games and cross platform, and I, I think we've discussed a lot of really cool um, topics in terms of you know how the um, consolidation is happening, how the the, the market is evolving. Uh, so I I think it was really interesting to uh, you know hear your thoughts on on many of those um, topics, and I think it was very interesting for for our audience as well. Uh, and uh, you know we will awesome. see in a few years uh, down the road you know how this yeah. this all plays out. Um, definitely very exciting times that we're in right now. Now. So thank you very much for the time um, that you uh, took thank today you. to to record this. Um, really looking forward to catching up uh, at some point and see oh, you yeah. know, how how close we were, or especially you were with some of the predictions. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I think it's a coin toss, kind of like the U.S. election, right? It's uh... <laughs> yeah. Let's not bring this up. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other topic. But if you uh... if you listen to this later, you know we're we're right now still uh, not sure you know, who's going to win the election over there. So uh, you know so we will see. <laughs> we will see. We will see. But game industry it's a coin toss as, as as well because ultimately the fate of game industry decided what kind of games people want to play that particular year, that particular month. It's really impossible for anybody, I think, to tell that what are people most likely to play in five years? What, are, what, what is their player appetite? And that is just an organic thing that will evolve like people's taste in movies, you know? Well, that's the fun part. I think that's why we're all in the, why we're all in yeah. the industry, you know, to uh, keep yeah. it exciting. All right. Thank you again uh, so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to a free episode of DevCom Podcast. More exclusive content at patreon.com slash devcom underscore C-O-N-F. Produced by Sven Fossin. Executive producer, Stefan Reichardt. Music by weloveindies.com. Supported by Bayer Dynamic. High-quality headphones, microphones, and conference systems for professional musicians and gamers. Made in Germany.